Good afternoon and welcome to another edition of Money Talk. I'm Neil Kreisel and Diane Duvernay are your hosts every week right here on AM 1290, FM 96.9 and streaming at AM 1290 KZSB. We're repeated at 11 and on Saturdays at 6. We're brought to you by Cornerstone Home Lending, whose highly trained and experienced team takes great pride in helping people with home financing offering competitive rates at a wide array of loan programs. American Riviera Bank, smart banking for smart people on Santa Barbara at Figueroa and Anacapa Streets and Amanecito's Upper Village. And Arlington Financial Advisors, a leading wealth management firm in Santa Barbara, providing its clients with the personal care and attention of a small independent firm coupled with the vast resources of a major financial institution. I really think, Neil, you should have said that, you know, hosting today is a retired dude in Montecito and Malnificent because I am dressed for the occasion. You know, yeah, you, keep, you keep saying that, but I'm showing my age. Who is that? Who Who is Malnificent? Okay, that's an off-air off conversation because the vast majority of people know. <laughs> oh, well, maybe not in our audience range. Not in but... our audience demographic. <laughs> she's a fairy that's, you know, been wronged and now she's somewhat evil, although my son did say she's not evil. Oh, okay. But yes. Yeah. So not speaking of evil, but do we have a guest today? <laughs> yes, we do. We are thrilled to have with us Sarah Oberman. She is the founder of True North Jets from Camarillo. So Sarah, thanks so much for taking the time today. Thank you, Neil. Thank you, Diane. It's a pleasure to be here today. So um, let's just start, as we do always, with our articles. And um, the first one was in uh, this weekend's Wall Street Journal. And the title of it was The Problem with That Quote-Unquote Sure Thing is the Market. And the article begins by saying, imagine you could know tomorrow's news today. Would that make you a better investor? Well, on October 13th, the Labor Department announced that Consumer Price Index had rose 8.2% in September from the same month last year. That was well above what people had expected. So one would have thought that that would have been inside information that would have been very valuable. And in fact, as soon as the market opened, the market was down 2%. But by the time the market closed, the market was up over 3%. And there is in this article, many examples of news that people could have interpreted as inside information, and they would have been wrong. In January, for example, a consensus of almost every uh, market strategy were focusing on or forecasting that stocks would gain between 6 and 11% this year. So far, the S&P has lost nearly 20%. And um, the uh, it goes on and on and on. And um, what the article concludes is self-control is key to investing success. And in times like these, investors need to be on guard against the next certainty. And it ends by saying, it will make you feel that you are not alone um, if you go through reams and reams of data reassuring. And if you do that, it will tempt you to follow it. And it is all but certain to be wrong. Well, here's the thing. I think what people forget is that during any major volatile time, whether it be to the upside or the downside, if you start making bets, you're bound to lose money because the reality is nobody knows. Usually it's it's an emotional driver where if things are high, everybody wants to buy, 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 buy. And you might stop and think that's not the right time. Or as if it's volatile to the downside, everybody thinks you need to do something and sell, which oftentimes, if not all the time, is, is the wrong thing to do at the wrong time. Doesn't it, doesn't it get you nuts when an investor on CNBC or some other network says, I'm making the following bets, B-E-T-S? Like, yes, because it's completely <laughs> and they have no idea. That's why they're calling it bets. And oftentimes people get um, you know, confused and then start to think of the stock market much like they do Las Vegas gaming tables. And they are not the same things. You don't get rewarded for staying at the table in Vegas, and you do in the stock market. Yeah. Uh, so um, the next article is about what's called constant currency reporting. And what this article is about, a new phenomenon, um, the uh, change in the dollar uh, versus foreign currencies has always had an impact on corporate earnings. Uh, and when you translate uh 
lower valued currencies into the dollar, it negatively impacts companies' earnings. So now that we have one of the strongest dollars in history, companies are beginning to come up with a new metric. And they, they report earnings per share, but they also report earnings per share taking out the effect of currency, and it's called constant currency. And they're saying that's a better way of judging their results. Well, first of all, that reminds me of the uh, explosion of EBITDA back 30 years ago, earnings before interest, taxes, and depreciation, where uh, companies said, if I'm investing heavily in the future, I shouldn't be penalized, and therefore I should be able to add back to my earnings things that I, uh, dollars that I spent on investment. And uh, that didn't work out too well for, for uh, companies during the dot-com boom, when in fact, those dollars should have been counted to, for people to realize in fact, what kind of investment those companies made. And the other thing is, I wonder how many companies are going to be using uh, constant currency when the dollar goes the other way. When the dollar begins to decline, are these same companies going to say, well, we can now eliminate that benefit and just report uh, constant dollars? You know, it's it, that's the problem whenever you start changing the metrics is then you start comparing apples to oranges instead of apples to apples. And so if you're somebody that's comparing to, you know, two years ago earnings, it starts, you know, it starts to get murky and you start to, if you, if you start tweaking with the recipe of what you're measured against, you know, we've spoken about this in the past about indexes and changing the in index midstream. It's very difficult to know what the company is actually doing. Yeah, it's also difficult to then compare it to another international company that's not using that metric. Exactly. So unless mm -hmm. everyone's doing it, it's sort of uh, not really fair. Right. Uh, the next article is interesting. It it says that bonds tied to consumer debt um, is the most vibrant market right now, um, uh, and uh, uh, people are investors are betting are more inclined to bet on the health of consumers than on the strength of companies. And what we are seeing, which is somewhat surprising, is fund managers are pouring money into asset-backed securities uh, backed by consumer loans as opposed to investing in uh, 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 corporate type of bonds. And, um, you know, the reason for that, some of the observers in the article said, is because uh, assets that are backed by household, households these days are in relatively good financial shape. Um, and that's true, but... Uh, as we've been seeing in the last week or two, auto delinquency rates have been rising, um, and um, uh, there is a great deal of pessimism now as you look at some of the political polls about the economy and about consumers. And while they have been benefiting from all the money they saved, one can make the case that uh, this phenomenon is is not one that's sustainable. Well, I think a great example of that is, you know, um, there was a survey done to corporate CEOs asking about recession and if they think there's one on the horizon. And the answers varied, but most of them thought yes. And in turn are, you know, not instituting hiring freezes, but definitely slowing down on hiring. And that's where currently in the in the labor market, there's two jobs for every person looking. However, as companies either hire freezes or stop hiring in general, you're going to see some weakness in that consumer mar market. But fortunately, we haven't seen it yet. You, you know, what's so interesting. If you There's a poll that came out today that showed uh, that uh, uh, voters are concerned about the economy and they're as, as, as to what's directing them to vote, not the social issues that we all kind of anticipated, such as right to choose. And um, what's really interesting is uh, the economy is in good shape uh, and jobs are available. And so I think what's happened is people are uh, reading the press, which has been very pessimistic, the financial press, particularly, and, and even the mainstream press about the shape of the economy. And it's really tilting, I think, people's political views where they think the economy is in worse shape than it is. Well, right, because many swing voters vote with their pocketbook. And so when you look at that, if all you hear about, you know, we last year we started saying if you're hearing on the news constantly about inflation, everyone the market goes down and everyone's worried. If you know, and that's just what happens. And then it's this spiral down, especially as you watch these 
the 24 hour news cycle where, where as a country we've evolved to, they have to talk about something and negative news usually sells and inflation's yeah. real and it's affecting yeah. people's pocketbooks. Yeah, but I'm not sure that the, that the, that either side has a real plan other than what the Fed is doing. So changing the political leadership, I'm not sure is going to change the results yeah, of inflation. Sure. Uh, so this next article from the Wall Street Journal, it just, just, makes a couple of points about uh, the required minimum uh, withdrawal from your IRA. And the first thing it points out is that the amount of money that you have to withdraw when you reach that age um, is um, based upon the year before's closing market. So you, you, your, your market at today's price doesn't really affect how much you have to uh, pay. So if the market's down 22%, you still have to make an RMD payment based on the close last year. And the other thing it points out is uh, if you think the market's down and you don't want to sell, you don't have to sell. All you have to do is take money out of uh, out of a fund that is in your IRA and not necessarily sell stock. So if there's cash in your account, that counts as, a, as an RMD as well. Absolutely. But the reality is most people or most people should have all be fully invested in their IRA, which is long-term money. However, you do have to sell it because it cannot come out in a, in the investment in which it's in. It has to come out in cash. Yeah. Uh, you're listening to Money Talk on AM 1290 and FM 96.9, and we'll be right back. For prospective homebuyers, one of the most important steps of the loan process is getting clear and honest information from someone who will speak plainly and truthfully about loan programs and options. I'm Kelly Marsh, Vice President, California, of Cornerstone Home Lending, where our highly skilled and experienced team takes great pride in helping clients obtain home financing with honest, knowledgeable, fast, friendly, and efficient service. As a Santa Barbara native who has spent the past 20 years in the mortgage industry and has closed over 4,000 loans, I'd appreciate the opportunity to earn your business and invite you to visit the Kelly Marsh team.com or call my office at 805-563-1100 to learn more about how Cornerstone Home Lending can help you determine the best way to manage mortgage debt to achieve a more stable financial future. Licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. California Residential Mortgage Lending Act license number 41DB072220. California Financial Lending Law license number 60DB072528. Loan originator NMLS number 245822. Not a commitment to loan. Equal housing opportunity. It's a fact. Successful wealth management is built on strategies that focus on the big picture, take a long-term view, and establish deep and valued relationships. Hello, I'm Diane Duva, founding partner at Arlington Financial Advisors, Santa Barbara's trusted family guide, empowering you to make more informed and confident decisions. At Arlington Financial Advisors, we bring order and balance to your financial life by monitoring and managing risk so you can focus on your work, family, and enjoying the moment. We are a fully independent firm offering strategic financial planning, estate and tax planning, and private money management. Our plans and portfolios are handcrafted using a rigorous and disciplined approach, supported by a consistent yet highly personalized client experience. Our clients look to Arlington Financial Advisors as a home away from home, a comfortable place to protect what they've accomplished while they prepare for what comes next. Please visit ArlingtonFinancialAdvisors.com or call me, Diane Duva, at 805-699-7300. Welcome back to Money Talk, brought to you by Cornerstone Home Lending. Since 1988, a mortgage banker and direct lender that believes in providing in-depth loan consulting to its customers in a personalized and honest manner. And we can be reached at 805-564-1290, or you could email us at moneytalk1290 at gmail.com. If you're just joining us, we have the pleasure of ha having with us today, Sarah Oberman, who is the founder of True North Jets. And she was also um, Pacific Coast Business Times, 40 Under 40. She's been an expert witness um, this uh, before Congress. She has many accolades, and we are thrilled to have her with us today. Sarah, thanks so much for being here. Thank you, Diane. It's a pleasure. Neil, thank you. Excited to be here today. 
So Sarah, tell us a little bit about your history. Um, where are you from? How, what got you interested in aviation and um, just some of your background? Sure, absolutely. Um, I was born and raised right here in Camarillo. Um, my dad was a pilot, or he's been a pilot, I should say, for many, many years since he was a, a teenager. And uh, both he and my mom had an aviation business. So I was basically uh, born and raised right here in an aviation uh, family and grew up uh, watching them work hard and, uh, you know, going after school to their, their business and at the airport, instead of uh, going to um, different school activities, I was, you know, watching them work and learning, you know, the business from an early age. Um, I started working in the company when I was young. I washed airplanes when I was in high school. <laughs> Some people might wash cars, but I washed airplanes. And later uh, started working their front desk as a customer service. Hopefully you charged a premium over the cars for the aircraft. Uh, I probably should have charged a lot more now that I look back on it. I mean, it's a lot of work. I mean, you're <laughs> a lot, lot more service area on an airplane than on a car. <laughs> yeah, and a little more important, I've got to imagine. Yes, there's a control surfaces you have to be aware of. So, <laughs> so given so. that you are from a family with strong roots in the aviation, was owning a, an aviation company always one of your dreams? Or was it something that you, you just had the skill set and you thought, oh, I should do this? Well, I, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do back, you know, when I was in college. And um, what happened is a, a position became available at my parents' company at that time. And so I decided at that point to, to take that management position right out of college. And so at that point, I was focused on you know, the family business. Um, I hadn't really thought uh, much about my goal per, uh, personally until I uh, got closer to when my parents wanted to retire. And so that's when I started focusing on, okay, what's next for me? And uh, being a business owner for me, something that came naturally. Um, and so I definitely decided that that was the direction that I wanted to go in. And so what is your business background? So what, what did you get a degree in? Business management from Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. So, oh. yeah. <laughs> so all business from the get-go. I actually All did business, all Central Coast. Yeah, but that that that's actually disappointing. You should have gone to CSUCI Channel Island since it's right across the street from you. Yeah, no well, bias there. <laughs> my dad wanted me to go there. I do remember that vividly. <laughs> <laughs> but my my dad also uh, graduated Cal Poly, so that was near and dear to my heart to do that as well. <laughs> and so, how did you land upon being, you know, a business owner in the jet in the jet charter services? Is that, that a is Diane? Is that is that a pun? How did you land? <laughs> You're right. like, no pun intended. How did you determine what what piece of the aviation business you wanted to um, start? Sure. Yeah. So um, I'd say probably about halfway through the time that I was working for my family company, I transitioned from like the propeller side of the business to the jet side of our business at the time. And I really uh, started to find my passion. Um, I remember standing on a ramp, uh, in Van Nuys one day and there were just jets all around me. And I was like, okay, this is it. This is, I, I love the fast paced uh, part of this industry. And I really, you know, enjoy the jets and this is where I want to be. And it was from that point, I was like, okay, this is it. This is my calling. I, I really love working with the jets. So, but your father had jets too, didn't he? Yes, absolutely. Yep. My dad is an airline transport rated pilot and uh, has a couple type ratings in jets. And yes, he did fly and operate jets as well. So, but the, but it was no, you didn't have an interest in taking over his business. You wanted to start your own. So um, they wanted to retire. And so, um, you know, I was looking at, you know, do my brother and I, because we were working in the company together, do we go, you know, in that direction, uh, take over the family company, or do we go our separate ways? And we, you know, talked about, had long family uh, conversations over the dinner table. Um, and my brother decided to pursue an airline career after flying uh, corporate for many years. And then, you know, it was my turn to to go do my own thing. And, and being a, a jet charter broker uh, and eventually found North Jets was definitely my my calling. So, and that's what I decided to do. And so with how, so explain to us or our listeners, how mm -hmm. does, how, how does the business work? So sure. let's say I want to hire your company to charter a jet and take me 
to some fabulous place. I'm going to go on vacation <laughs> on my in my scenario. Um, how does that work? Yeah. So how that works? I mean, for example, I was uh, I will. I was in uh, Santa Barbara this morning, actually seeing a client off who went to uh, Florida. And so um, what I do for that is they, they call me up and, you know, say, Hey, Hey, Sarah, um, you know, what can you at true North jets uh, do for me? I I have this trip coming up. I want to go to, you know, South Florida. Um, I have, you know, this many people, and this is the date that I need to go. And so what I do at that point then is I turn to my uh, relationships with uh, aircraft operators and I, I shop the market for my clients. And so I shop the market based on the, the need, you know, the type of airplane, the size of the mission in terms of the size of the aircraft, like how many passengers. And then going coast to coast requires a certain size of airplane to go nonstop for example. And then what I'll do is I'll present my client with options um, based on different you know, price points and explain to them the pros and the cons of each airplane and help guide them to making a selection uh, and booking an aircraft. So is the, is the uh, uh, a, a, a view of your clients not the typical NetJet uh, uh, member, but someone maybe that has less resources that wants to fly f- less frequently and or at a cheaper price or what what, what is the, the the demographic of your typical client so i compete essentially with a client who would be a, a net jets uh, holder but what's nice with with me at true north here uh, versus a big jet card company is that i don't cost uh, true north doesn't cost anything my services don't cost anything unless you use me whereas with the big companies you're required to put down large deposits um and keep a large amount of money on account and here it's just all a cart for each trip that's it and so the price uh, the difference is between like a net jet subscription and using a company such as as true north is i don't have to pay a monthly fee i only pay when i use the service absolutely there's no monthly fee there's no startup fee there's no deposits nothing it is literally you fly you pay that's it so very simple you're listening to Money Talk on AM 1290 at FM 96.9, and we'll be right back. When a bank is owned by the community and invests in the community, it answers to a different call. It's personal. It's driven by your needs, not ours. Welcome to American Riviera Bank. Based right here in Santa Barbara with branches in Montecito and Goleta. Our customers know us for personal service every day, every way. You can bank on us. Bank on us. Bank on us! American Riviera Bank. Bank on better. The organization known as What is Love Teens teaches young people how to identify healthy and unhealthy relationships. Here's Christy Stillwell. I think that love is something that every single one of us needs in our lives. So one of the ways that we approach a relationship education is in the school. So we work really closely with the health educators. We provide a researched best practice curriculum. We provide interactive activities. We provide lesson plans, video content. And our primary goal with the education piece is to really help them to identify healthy and unhealthy behavior give them the tools they need to begin having these relationships in a healthy way and then connecting them to resources. To learn more about What is Love Teens, to volunteer or to make a donation, check out the website at whatisloveteens.org or call 805-705-0011. As long ago as the late 1960s, the Penn Central Railroad offered a version of cellular payphones on its metro liners. The first modern cell phone was introduced this month in 1983 in Chicago with a call to Alexander Graham Bell's grandson. In 1990, there were just over 5 million people in the country with cell phones. Now, 96% of American households have cell phones. Profile America is a public service of the U.S. Census Bureau. Welcome back to Money Talk, brought to you by Arlington Financial Advisors, a leading wealth management firm founded on providing thoughtful, objective, and comprehensive financial guidance for families and entities who are seeking long-term financial confidence. 
And we can be reached at 805-564-1290, or you could email us at moneytalk1290 at gmail.com. And I think it sounds like we might have a caller. Is that true? I think we have a Madeline on the line. Hi, Madeline. This is Diane. Do you have a question? I do. I'm really enjoying um, listening to your guest and hearing about a, a woman running a charter company. It's fantastic. I'm curious. Uh, my husband and I do use charter, and I want, but in Santa Barbara. So I wanted to understand uh, this, Miss Oberman. If we fly from Santa Barbara to Chicago, and we're there for a week, and then we fly to New York, and from there we want a vacation in Nassau, can you arrange all that for us? Hi, Madeline. Thanks for calling. Yes, absolutely. I can arrange something like that. So out of Santa Barbara to Chicago, New York, and then back to Napa, that's not a problem at all. That happens all the time. Okay. So well, you don't... Uh, good to know, and I'm, I'm very interested in your uh, interview, uh, and I want to thank uh, uh, the team for having me on. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Madeline, for calling. Uh, are your prices competitive with uh, NetJets and the other companies? Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. So, so how, so if, if I'm NetJets, do I want to do business with you only because you can fill empty slots and therefore do you get less open slots or do they treat you like they would treat one of their customers? Um, so the big operators do like to work with brokers like myself uh, and work with, you know, companies like True North Jets. Uh, for example, my client that flew from Santa Barbara to South Florida today flew on a really large operator that has a jet card program and so forth. And he was able to take advantage of an airplane that they had moving empty from Santa Barbara to Florida. So they, they like working with, with people like myself and companies like True North. So I have a friend that travels... Um, to uh, uh, Colorado, uh, and they don't really, they have a house there, and they don't really care what day they go, so they'll tell their broker uh, anytime in the next three, four days. Does that help price-wise? Absolutely, yes, because with a client that's flexible, um, I can find a, typically find a one-way uh, airplane moving empty anyways, so it would become at a discounted price as opposed to just, you know, buying an airplane for November 10th because you need that date. So, yes, flexibility is key. And how much how much savings are there? I mean, is there any point where, where Diane and I could afford it? <laughs> I mean, if you're going from Santa Barbara to Ventura, or, you know, <laughs> it depends on what you consider uh, affordable. <laughs> so... Um, but it, there is absolutely savings. So what basically happens sometimes with the empty legs is so um, on a flight from Santa Barbara to Colorado, maybe uh, you would get like a larger airplane on a light jet budget, for example, with a one way price uh, versus just paying for that light jet uh, outright. Explain to us the difference between a, when you say light jet versus heavy jet. I don't know. What's the, what's the opposite? Yeah. Yeah. Good, good question. Yeah. So a light jet is like a, a Cessna Citation that seats anywhere typically from uh, six to eight passengers. And this cabin is usually about four foot, 11 inches tall. So it's not quite what you would consider a stand-up cabin. And so the light jets are just more compact, a little bit more economical, used for shorter missions. Whereas uh, going coast to coast, um, typically you find like a, a midsize or a super midsize jet that also might seat eight, uh, eight passengers, but it'll be a larger cabin. You might be able to stand up in it and so forth. Um, do, do the larger jets tend to go faster? Uh, not necessarily. Not necessarily. Um, all are pretty much the same, you know, relatively close speeds. Um, but the, you know, like a heavy jet is an airplane that would have, say, 12 to 14 or sometimes even 16 passenger seats. So is 16 as many passengers as you normally can fit in a private charter situation? Typically, yes. Yes. And uh, not many uh, heavy jets are configured that way. Uh, typically, you'll find more uh, 12 uh, seat configurations, more popular. So, And when you have a, a, you know, when you watch in movies and people are, movie stars are going on these private jets, there's like a couch set up and, you know, a table and what have you. What are the regulations on, on private 
are you required to buckle in and have the same safety regulations as you would in a commercial um, flight? Absolutely, in the sense uh, that you always need to be, you know, buckled and uh, tray tables need to be put away for takeoff and landing. It's all about safety. So um, safety is paramount at all times. And uh, on the larger aircraft, there's usually a flight attendant as well for safety. And so as the broker, does that how where does your job end and the operator's job begin? So let's say you have a client who takes a flight and is unhappy in some way, shape or form, because <laughs> knows why, right? Name it. Um, where does that complaint fall and how much um, how much leeway do you have or is that goes in to determine which operators you decide to broker out for? It absolutely, uh, you know, complaints definitely narrow down the list of operators for me as to who I work with and how they handle complaints if there's a problem. So that's usually um, where operators shine if, you know, they handle uh, tough situations well. Um, but in terms of where my responsibility ends, to try to answer your question, um, it's hard to say. I mean, I, I feel I feel responsible for every part of it. I want to make sure my client has the best possible experience always. Um, so I, I will basically be their advocate and represent uh, them when I talk to the operators and so forth, if there's a problem. I would imagine one of the problems would be uh, no-shows uh, where, uh, you know, the plane is supposedly flying empty, but they get a call from one of their clients. Is that a problem where the, the, the jet co company gets a better deal and just doesn't show? Oh, no, no, that's not a problem. And I mean, if, if that were a problem, if an operator got that reputation, uh, that would get out quickly. The industry's small. So no, that's that's not an issue. And in your experience, how many operators are you usually dealing with? I'm sure you have your go-to people you like the most, but is it a universe of hundreds or is it a handful in this in this region? In this region, uh, it's a, a few dozen that are local. I, mean, I should say, uh, in this region being, for me, a region is really like the whole Southwest mm -hmm. is what I look at because airplanes kind of get pulled from the Bay Area or Phoenix or wherever they might be um, to come to Southern California if that's where the flight originates from. And as so, the so, 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 so you're, you're, there's a shortage of airline pilots and that's been in the news for the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. um, you know, one could say that an American Airlines senior pilot is a better pilot than someone flying a Cetacean 4 for a small company. Uh, is that, a, I mean, is there a safety issue with the quality of pilots on smaller planes? Absolutely not. No, there is not a safety issue. All of the pilots are sent to school on those, the particular type of aircraft that they are flying. Um, they're on part 135, uh, charter certificates that are highly regulated by the FAA. So absolutely not. There's there, you're not any less safe. You are just as safe is what I should say. Um, just as safe flying private as you are. You know, so why, so why would they do it then? Why would someone do that for a living as opposed to working for American or Delta? It's personal preference on a pilot's uh, behalf, um, whether they like the, you know, the intimate setting of flying private, you get to work with the passengers and the clients in the back of the airplane and go to small airports, fly really neat airplanes. Um, it's just a very different world than flying airlines. You get you get to give uh, the, the, the passengers coffee, which is not usual from an American Airlines pilot. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> not hand out the coffee. I promise. They are, they are flying only. <laughs> <laughs> So, so what, is it the same, is it possible or I've, does it happen that when you broker with a certain operator, it's actually pulling from the same pool of charter uh, pilots that work for each operator or does the pilot work for an individual operator? So how it works is that the pilot is employed by the operator and is specifically trained on that type of airplane that they are flying. So when I when I book an airplane, it comes with a crew and two pilot crew. So and, and who pays who pays signature? Who pays the 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 uh, the uh, uh, facility that you know takes the car that deals with baggage handlers that lets you sit there and have free coffee? Who who pay, is that part of the fee? 
Yes, that's that's all included. Um, the operator will pay that, but then they charge that to me, and then that's all in the price to the the clients at True North Jets. It's all built in. You're listening to Money Talk on AM twelve ninety and FM ninety six point nine, and we'll be right back. As humans, we ask ourselves all kinds of questions. But what if we were forced to ask ourselves a question every day that affected the outcome of the most basic things, the most important things in our lives? The question is, what is your sexual orientation or gender identity? And the answer is the difference between keeping your job or getting fired. The answer is the difference between staying in your home or getting evicted. The answer is the difference between receiving medical treatment or not. Because in 31 states, it's legal to discriminate against people based on their answer to this question. LGBT Americans have the right to say, I do, but they don't have the same basic rights as everyone else. Get the facts at beyondido.org. Brought to you by the Gill Foundation and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Eddie Tadouri. I'm the founder of the Rhythmic Arts Project, or TRAP as it's better known. I wanted to tell you a little bit about the work we've been doing. Our virtual classes have been reaching out and inspiring students around the world, as well as right here at home. Our primary objective is to promote the inclusion of people with different abilities, as well as their typical peers in all aspects of everyday life. Like everyone struggling to make ends meet in our nonprofit world, we depend on donations from folks like you. Please review the website at traplearning.org and give what you can. I'm very grateful. Welcome back to Money Talk, brought to you by American Riviera Bank, making your life easier with cutting-edge technology, mobile deposits, free use of every ATM machine in the country, and a level of service other banks can only dream about. And if you have any questions for us or Sarah Oberman, the founder of True North Jets, feel free to give us a call at 805-564-1290. Or you could email us at moneytalk1290 at gmail.com. So Sarah, before the break, we were talking about um, being a broker of, of, of what you do. And so my question to you is, how is it better to use a broker or would I be better served just to go direct to a private charter organization? What's the difference and where do you fit in and how, it, how does that benefit me as the end consumer? Sure. Um, so a lot of, of, I should say, operators have in-house brokers. So that is also a typical business model as well. So you might find, I mean, you're going to find uh, other brokers like myself at, at operators as well. But uh, for me at True North Jets, this is all I do. So nothing else gets in the way. And from growing up in a, a family business, doing a lot of different things, it's easy to get distracted. Uh, you know, and so I all I, I mean, I live, sleep and breathe, uh, you know, uh, brokering jet charter. And so there's nothing for me to get distracted on. And I am at my client's beck and call. Um, and I absolutely love what I do. And I'm super passionate about it. So going with a broker like True North Jets, you're going to get top notch service. And that is that is all I do. And I, it's my main focus. How do you get clients? Primarily through referral, actually. I've been able to grow my client base uh, from my own clients, referring me to uh, their friends, which has been the biggest form of flattery. And has the stock market affected your business? Surprisingly, it has not. Um, people are still flying and they've been flying uh, continuously and I don't see it slowing down. Now, how far and in advance do people book their or have you looked at flights and book their flight? You know, is it is it like a traditional commercial model? Like if you're within a 14 day window, you better get on it. Or is it whenever? 
Is it more flexible? It, it's flexible. I mean, it just depends on the client. Um, I have some clients yeah. that don't know their schedule until just a few days prior. And so I'm on a last, you know, last minute, uh, you know, airplane uh, hunt at that point. And sometimes that actually works to their advantage. I might find a really good one way uh, empty leg pricing for them on something like that. Um, and I have other clients that plan in advance and they also get really good pricing because with advanced travel planning, there's more aircraft typically available for the trips for me to present to them. And if someone wants to be flexible um, and they get a flight, let's say to New York, mm-hmm. uh, and they don't have a return flight, is it always possible to get a return flight? I mean, how uh, do, you, do you get stuck in a place if you don't have a round trip? So Or stuck flying commercial? Yeah, um, wow. No, I mean, I, I have not had clients get stuck. Um, I've always been able to source an aircraft, whether it's last minute, you know, the day of even that, that is still possible. Um, clients will often go to New York, for example, without a return airplane, because that's a, a way that they can take advantage of one way empty legs. So. And when you say it's a savings, is it a significant savings? It sounds like it's significant. It can, yes, it can be. It can be half price um, because if depending on the type of airplane, if it, if that airplane is moving empty from LA to New York, as opposed to an airplane that's based in LA that would have to go from LA to New York and then back to LA price wise, it can be very significant savings. So, it, is pricing still wheels up, wheels down? So that the 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 cost of sitting on the runway for three hours is the airline's problem. You don't sit on the runway for three hours in a private jet. That doesn't happen. I mean, it, 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 I've never had a client have that kind of delay. Um, yeah, no. Um, but in terms of the cost, I mean, the cost is built into the quote ahead of time and everything's taken care of. It's all inclusive. No, but so I mean, it, that there was a, a delay. The client doesn't pay more. Oh, if there's a delay. No, no. If there's like an air traffic control delay or any kind of delay that is out of their control, the client does not pay more. No. Okay, so it's still wheels up, wheels down is what the pricing is based on. Yes. Yes, Neil. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. So now if someone was looking to, you know, price out uh, charters, mm-hmm. where what would the first step be? Would they call you? Would they, you know, ha- how does it work? Yep. So what the first step would be for somebody to call uh, me at True North Jets um, and let me know a little bit about what their their trip is that they're looking for, if they have something in particular, or they can also you know tell me a hypothetical trip like, hey, we like to go to Hawaii. What does that typically run? And I can do a little research. What I'll do is I'll I'll research it for them and get some example pricing and share it with them. Um, if it's just an example trip or if it's a firm date, I can provide pricing either way. And how many people are, how many people work at True North? Right now, it's just me. <laughs> it's just me. So that's great because then they're going to get the best. <laughs> they are going to get the best. Although my, my six-year-old son was my assistant today, seeing off my clients. So, <laughs> so how is, how is the price of fuel uh, affected the pricing you are, uh, are giving your clients? Has, has the airlines passed along fuel increases? Um, I don't know if the, the fuel increases come from the airlines, but there's definitely been an increase uh, in fuel pricing overall. Yes, the fuel price has gone up significantly. And then that has been felt in the, the, the rates and the quotes that I receive from my clients. Yes. So as part of your brokerage um, services, if you have somebody who actually owns their own plane, would would you broker out just the pilot piece of it or that operation piece of it? Is that even is that even something that happens? So I do actually. I manage an aircraft for a, a client uh, that flies the airplane for himself uh, personally and for business, and so I do offer that service with True North Jets. So I can manage and and employ crew and and hire crew and uh, manage their flights and the aircraft as well. And with that um, client that does do their own flying and have their own jets. Do mm-hmm. they ever charter that that plane out? That plane they do not charter. No, yeah, so it's, it's just for individual, personal, or business use. Yes, yes. But there are people that do that, aren't there? I mean, I, how much of your business is individuals that you know put their planes up on the system just because they don't want to let it lie, just have it sit there? 
Well, most, I mean, most of the, the airplanes that my clients here at True North fly on are owned by individuals or businesses that have them managed by operators. And then they're technically renting them out, um, you know, when they're not using them. So yes, that's a very popular uh, model in the industry. And since the pandemic, have you seen an increase of private um, charter or business in general as people have been uh, scared away from the commercial flying, not for pandemic related reasons, for you know the hot mess that the commercial airline industry is in? Have you seen that increase or is it just what people talk about? That's absolutely true. There's a huge increase. Um, I remember during COVID, there was a period of two months where we didn't fly and then it just picked up and has not looked back since. It's been so busy. I think people who may have flown first class and had thought about flying private prior to COVID, um, you've got to take the flying private and they've never looked back and they're going to just stick to flying private because it's so much more convenient. It's so much easier. And then you're only with your the people you're traveling with in the airplane. Well, and you also don't have the, you know, delays where you're sitting in an airport. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's, it's so period. The travel time difference, I mean, it's such a savings. I mean, door to door, my client today from him leaving his house in Santa Barbara to getting to the hotel in Florida was about six hours. And you can't do that. I mean, he was looking, I mean, we, I, or I should say to take an airline flight from Santa Barbara to South Florida, it would probably be a connecting flight and you'd be traveling for 12 hours. <laughs> so. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm trying to see how much uh, money I make uh, when I'm not doing anything. So I could see if I could save two hours of my time and say, but it will cost me, let's say an extra six, $7,000. The net savings to me would be a minus six, $7,000. You're listening to Money Talk on AM 1290 and FM 96.9. And we'll be right back. For prospective homebuyers, one of the most important steps of the loan process is getting clear and honest information from someone who will speak plainly and truthfully about loan programs and options. I'm Kelly Marsh, Vice President, California of Cornerstone Home Lending, where our highly skilled and experienced team takes great pride in helping clients obtain home financing with honest, knowledgeable, fast, friendly, and efficient service. As a Santa Barbara native who has spent the past 20 years in the mortgage industry and has closed over 4,000 loans, I'd appreciate the opportunity to earn your business and invite you to visit the Kelly Marsh team.com or call my office at 805-563-1100 to learn more about how Cornerstone Home Lending can help you determine the best way to manage mortgage debt to achieve a more stable financial future. Licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. California Residential Mortgage Lending Act license number 41DB072220. California Financial Lending Law license number 60DB072528. Loan originator NMLS number 245822. Not a commitment to loan. Equal housing opportunity. When a bank is owned by the community and invests in the community, it answers to a different call. It's personal. It's driven by your needs, not ours. Welcome to American Riviera Bank, based right here in Santa Barbara with branches in Montecito and Goleta. Our customers know us for personal service every day, every way. You can bank on us. Bank on us. Bank on us. American Riviera Bank. Bank on better. Cork and Fork Radio 805 is here to support, promote, encourage, and bless local businesses, charities, nonprofits, and great community people. My name is Drew Wakefield, and I encourage you to tune in to Cork and Fork Radio 805 every Friday at 12.05 p.m. with rebroadcasts at 10.05 p.m., Saturdays at 6.05 a.m., or Sundays at 5.05 p.m. That's Cork and Fork Radio 805, where we support local. A better day coming. Welcome back to Money Talk, brought to you by Arlington Financial Advisors, a leading wealth management firm founded on providing thoughtful, objective, and comprehensive financial guidance for families and entities who are seeking long-term financial confidence. So Sarah, let's talk a minute about, um, you know, I'm also in an industry that's primarily male-dominated. How has that affected you in, in the aviation business? And and what do you see? Do you see more diversity coming through the ranks of women coming coming up? In, uh, in- that's a good question. Um, I 
I actually don't know any difference of, you know, growing up in an aviation uh, family and an aviation business. Uh, I've always been accustomed to working uh, primarily with other men, or I should say with men. Um, and it hasn't been a problem for me as a woman. I remember graduating college and being 22 and, and coming uh, into a job where I was going to manage a staff of, of 12 to 15 men and that were all older than me at the time. And so um, it wasn't a problem at all at that time. And it's not a problem now being a, a woman in this industry, although there's definitely not as many women in the industry as there are men. We are outnumbered. But uh I don't know. I, I like it a lot. I, I just love what I do. And I think that um, it's a, it's a great thing to be a, a woman owned business. I do enjoy that. And, and do you go ahead, do you do sales calls? I mean, are you uh, out there, you know, talking to people who are ambivalent about using your services? I mean, do you spend much time doing person to person sales? Um, I don't do any cold calling uh, per se at all. Um, I'm, I'm really too busy to be doing anything like that. Well, that's a good problem to have, right? <laughs> so I can't complain. <laughs> so in terms of marketing, it's basically a word of mouth and referral based business at this point in time. Uh, very much so. Yes. Yes. And so I'm always uh, tying up uh, loose ends for trips that are coming up and uh, monitoring those that are in progress and then uh, working on uh, sourcing uh, the future trips. Is so. there a central computer system for... Uh, charters uh, that everyone has an access who's who's in the business has access to. Yes, yes, I pay for a subscription to a marketplace. Yes. So th this is an online system, so you can see where everybody is. Yes. Mm -hmm. And okay. that's I can see where one way empty legs are. I can search by airport, aircraft type, all that. Uh, but then I also do a lot of uh, sourcing directly with the operators that I've established relationships with. So you could actually see when a when a company tells you what the situation is, you could actually see it yourself and see, make sure that that's what the reality is. Um, I can, as long as their uh, schedule in, in the marketplace is actually up to date. Sometimes it's not. So yeah. just depends. Now, have you seen the influx of people into the Santa Barbara area from, you know, the Bay area or New York or, you know, uh, LA they've, they've really through the pandemic have moved here. Um, has that helped um, your sphere of influence or circle of, of referral bases? Um, no, not yet. It has not. Um, the clients that I have in Santa Barbara uh, have uh, deep roots in Santa Barbara. So, um, and also, do you have the ability to um, charter if if the client lives, say, in New York or Massachusetts? Can you be their broker? Absolutely, anywhere. Yes, anywhere. Anywhere. I'm well, oh, sorry. That's wonderful. And so if somebody is listening and interested in reaching out to you to, to find out about your services and how, how would they go about doing that? What's the best either phone number or email that they should reach out? Yep. They can, um, they can call a 310-862-JETS. So that's for True North Jets. That's and that's time. really clients across the nation. So if someone's in Absolutely. Chicago right now listening, they can also, they can call you for their brokerage charter jet services. Yes, absolutely. I've got clients uh, all across state lines all over right now. So thank you so much, Sarah Oberman. Um, thank you for um, uh, being on our show today. And I'd like to thank all of you for listening. You've been listening to Money Talk and we'll see you all next week. Yeah.